You gonna get us started with that theme song? There we go. That bass line is still spicy, Jared. After all these years. Did a good job. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did pay him 5.5 million for it, so it was well worth it. Hey, we got what we paid for. Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. Today we are talking about the fittest and the fattest. We're going to be talking about some countries with some of the fittest people and some countries with some of the thickest people. And we're going to talk about maybe some reasons why and also give all of you some tips. Uh, I am, uh, I've flown out for today's episode to uh, Muscle Beach in Venice in Cali. It's a little hot. I'm wearing my hoodie here. Um, but uh, we're glad to be back today. And uh, I am joined by my very fit and healthy co-host, my good buddy, Jared. What's going on, Jared? Hi, Chad. Uh, you, yeah, you wearing the hoodie at Muscle Beach is kind of like someone at a pool, like with their shirt on. A I'm trying. I'm trying to cut, Jared. I'm trying to cut. Get more shredded. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, this is, you're just trying to sweat out. Uh, yeah. Some toxins. <laughs> yeah, the extra Taco Bell and Popeyes and everything else. You know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But you have to have you have to have the hoodies with the cut off sleeves. That's the move. That's true. I don't own any of those actually. That's I really need to the get move. one of those. That's uh, how you know you're a true gym bro. If you have the uh, the bodybuilder style singlet underneath, where like it's just like a string, basically, and it only like and then goes, the hoodie. It doesn't even go all the way down. To, like it only like goes halfway yep. to the singlet thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Like it's kind of like a crop, not a crop. Is it a crop top? Is that what they're called? I mean, it's it's the dude bodybuilder version of a crop top. <laughs> I think you could say for sure. And then the and then the hoodie with with the uh, with the sleeves cut off to where it's a mm. short sleeve hoodie. Now that's the way to do it. <laughs> that's how you know you're not to be reckoned with, Jared. And then you can go uh, running down the streets of Philadelphia. You know what's funny though, Jared, about gym apparel and fitness apparel in general? What's is that? I think uh, there's a lot of people out there who wear it who are very fit, but then there are also a lot of people who like to wear it because it's just super comfy. It is and, very hey, I comfortable. Don't, I don't blame them. You know, I mean. Ath- athleisure wear, as some call it, is definitely very comfy. I mean, I I wear, I put real pants on maybe every. I mean, I haven't been to your house in a while, so I say every week. <laughs> so you haven't worn pants in forever, <laughs> real pants. I, I do when I go to your house and when I go to the grocery store, which um, are really the only two places I go. Are the only time I, I put pants on, and yeah, I'm certainly, um, I'm certainly uh, no. And not in the peak peak uh, physical condition, but mm. uh, I am very comfortable. That's yep. all that matters. Yep. And hey, if you're wearing athleisure wear, at least you're always ready for that opportune moment if you do want to <laughs> squeeze in a quick uh, a workout. Do some donut curls from the couch. Yeah. Or some I do beer have a kettlebell curls. under here. You so know? You know, I'm ready I to mean, go. I kettle, mean, kettlebells are the way to go, if you ask me. I, I love kettlebells. All right. Well, there you go. Those are some great tips. There you go. Some (laughs) early teasers for you. Um, Absolutely. Well, Jared, we we have or I have some some kind of exciting news. Um, I am on the brink of uh, looking into a van to turn into like a camper van and start doing some road tripping. And hopefully uh, this will also lead to some uh, new on the road agains in the the future. That's right. Yes. 
Uh, you know I'll be cranking some solid Willie Nelson while I'm uh, <laughs> trying to find the edge of that long white line there, Jared. So how um, long? For sure. So so you, you're 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 serious about this? Yep. Serious you're, you're, is a heart attack, Jared. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great untranslatable. Actually, that it's not is. a great untranslatable. <laughs> but I think that that's is a good a, one uh, for today. It's very <laughs> apropos. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. But uh, you you you've been looking around at all these vans, and at first at first I was you know I I am I don't want to say a car expert, but I know about cars and stuff, and I was trying to I'd sort say you're of a car expert. I was trying to sort of all right, sure, I'll take it. I can't say that though. I was <laughs> trying to fair. sort of push you towards like a like a large SUV. You know, first you were looking mm-hmm. at pickup trucks and putting something on the back, and that but I, and I'm like. Because I was thinking you also you still wanted like a car to use as a car, right? And you're like, I want a camping rig. Yeah. I was like, you're not. You're like, you're not hearing me. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I want a camping rig. Yep. And I said, well, then the van is the ultimate answer, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're really being honest. And that's when the wheels really started turning, Jared. <laughs> All pun fully intended there, because you're, you're right. Uh, initially, I was looking at just a new car because my car is getting pretty old. Yeah. Uh, and I was looking at a Chrysler 300 S, uh, which is an awesome car. Um, and so basically I kind of already knew my price range, what I was looking at, which helped a lot, I think. And then, and then, yeah, we talked about, uh, potentially a big SUV. You could take out the rear seats and then like easily sleep in that when you're doing road trips or whatever. But it's still a usable, you know, daily driver kind of thing. Yep. Yep. And then when I came to the conclusion that really this is about. Then you went pickup trucks for a bit too. And you're talking about yep. putting a camper onto yep. the back of a pickup truck. That just yep. seemed like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, I think this van will be a lot of work as well, but it's sure. just different, um, different type of work. But the thing, oh, the thing I also mentioned about the van was though that with the truck, like, like you can't with the van. I mean, you can just go now. Like you can get it. Like even though you're not, you don't, you're not going to be fully kitted out with the greatest van life accessories. Right. You're not going to have. I can't be the, posting hashtag van life <laughs> yeah. on the gram just yet. You're not going to have the proper mood lighting put in your right. uh, your no stove surround top. sound system yet. <laughs> yeah. Right. Your speaker system is not going to be on point yet. Right. Um, but you get. But you can easily throw a mattress in the back, get some mm-hmm. supplies, and go yep. camping in a van right away. Truck with the camper, I don't know. There's just more steps, I feel like, to, to just getting up yes. and going. and here's the other big thing. With the truck and the camper, you have to usually, well, unless you have the connecting windows, usually you have to get out of the truck and then climb in the yeah, camper. Yeah, that's true. That's Whereas true. Whereas with a camper van, uh, depending on how you partition it, if there's no partition, you just get yeah. up off your driver's seat and walk back there. Mm-hmm. I'm planning on putting some type of partition in there for two reasons. Number one, they say it's a lot better for climate control, uh, which makes sense. Uh, and number two, uh, it just uh, makes things a little bit more private for when you're sleeping. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. What sort of partition? Like a well, so, well, some of the vans I've been looking at, and I'm looking at used vans. Uh, some of the ones I've been looking at, uh, they already have the metal partition up. Um, some of those, it's okay. Other ones, the metal partitions I've seen, they, they're they like four or five inches. They kind of jut out. And you and I were talking about this the other day, how that, even those four or five inches, it might not sound like very much, but when you have such limited space, you want to really take advantage of as much of it as you can. Right. Of course. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I, I'm I'm not a van expert, uh, you know, but I am a car enthusiast, so I do have some knowledge into the van life world and some of these some of these builds that people do they're pretty intricate you know like 
they they make use of 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 very little space uh very efficiently um but they also you know the the top you know these top grammars really uh instagrammers when i said grammars Mm. i was like that could be something else i guess these top grammars really um make it seem like they're living a more luxurious life than you are in your house right (laughs) yeah they do Uh, but it's it's they 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 obviously photograph the highlights you know the beautiful views all that they don't photograph you know the nights when there's tons of rain or snow and it's like super loud in the van what's your my 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 question is though more what's your proficiency in building building out well see that's that's the thing is i've never really tried a project like this before Mm -hmm. um but you know i feel like i can figure out not everything but a good portion of it a lot of the builds i've been looking at um it doesn't look super complicated you know you just get certain types of wood and you build a frame for however you want the layout of your camper van to be, and you you set it up that way. I do know a couple things that I want already. Um, the the bed I want towards the ideally towards the back, and depending on the type of van I get, if I can lay horizontally, that will save a lot of space. So what some people will do is they'll lay their van out horizontally. You want to raise it enough so you can put some stuff underneath it or Could below you, it. You can go horizontally and f- go fully stretch out. I mean, dude, I'm not that tall. I'm I'm like five eight, five nine. Sure, I guess. I don't know how um, wide how wide it is that that way. Right. But yeah, I guess you could. What how, what kind of bed do you get? How do you find a bed for a? So usually, what I've seen van. people do is they they make a bed frame and then they buy. Um, like I've foam? also seen people buy a metal cot and actually just put the cot attach the cot to the vehicle somehow. Mm. Um, um, but anyways, the. They make the bed frame, and then you buy like a um, you buy a five or six inch mattress pad, and you use that. Okay, and that seems to work pretty good. Okay, do you plan on putting uh, like a stove and stuff in there? I think eventually, yes, but not uh, a priority. Right. Well, it's a priority, but it's not the the, probably the first priority. Mm. Um, I mean, the first priority is figuring out how you actually want to where you want to put everything. Yes. Um, yeah. I and, feel like before you start mm-hmm. building stuff, you definitely have to have the layout, floor of the, plans. Ho- the whole exactly. layout. Oh, there's got to be. Have you? Ever, I don't know how to make a floor a floor plan, mm-hmm. but I'm sure you could find some some website. Oh, I've already found them. Oh, really? Where you can oh, like yeah. put in dimensions? And, well, well and you can, generally you can put in the the ones I found. You put in the maker model of the van. And oh, they so usually, they're specifically van specific. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I would love to see that. And that seems can, like a lot of, of fun. Some you can even buy plans. You know, it costs 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks, but they... So someone, someone has made, built out a perfect mm-hmm. like Econoline or a perfect Ford right. Transit setup. Yep. And, and it's really like, crazy how, can, how intricate some of these builds are. The one thing I have to figure out though, Jared, is if I go um, like completely empty on the inside, which would be easier to start out with, which was one of the trucks we were looking at, well, it wasn't completely empty. It had the workbench and it had the cabinet in there. Some um, simple shelves that are easy, right. easy to take out. Right. Whereas the other uh, uh, van we were looking at the other day, it wasn't it wasn't completely empty as in uh, it still had the interior on the top and the sides. Mm-hmm. And the other tricky thing with uh, with building these vans out, Jared, is if it has a if it does have the interior, that adds an extra two to three inches out the side. So especially if you're trying to lay horizontally. Uh, it's not always good to have that interior there. So, so yeah, at first I would think yourself. that that would be a benefit. 
mm-hmm. but that doesn't really that doesn't really work as any form of insulation i imagine so like i don't you can't think so yeah you can't be like so. well there's a partial you know it's you know the inter- interior is partially built so that means that part's more insulated i don't right. think that's how that works right i, um, I agree with you because so if you you've probably ever sat in a have... car in a hot day when the when the ac's off yeah. you know it's not very well insulated because it's hot as hell in there yeah that's true that's true you know same with if it's freezing out you know if it's freezing out if i if i go into my car when it's really cold you know my car's outside it's not in a garage and uh, you can see your breath usually mm-hmm. you know yeah that's um, true and so you want to make sure you insulate it and i'm planning on bringing a couple instruments in there uh as well jared so it's of really important i have it insulated yes. um Oh man, what if you could somehow have like a keyboard built into like where it's I mean, you don't play oh, that'd piano be cool. enough for it to for that to be worth it. Well, but if you what just I'm had probably like a gonna do is just take my little I have that little uh how many keys is that? Is it it's two oh. octaves, I think. No, it's almost three octaves. Oh like I have a, a little uh, keyboard. Seventy six keyboards. The seventy six I believe. Because I think I have one of those too. No, no, this one no, this one's even even smaller. This is like the my that I use to like as a MIDI controller. Oh, oh, but oh, that one I is see. pretty small, so you can play. Oh, that's like basic. twenty-four keys or something. Right, right. I, probably I'm not going to count them right now. I, gotcha. but I would guess twenty-four. Yeah, but yeah. So I've been actually though. It's funny. Uh, I have been looking into. Uh, I already have travel guitars, so I'm good on the guitars. But one thing <laughs> that I've been looking into with this uh, van. I mean, the is, leisure. Uh, that's really what I want to know about is how you're mm-hmm. going to make this thing cool and co- and yep. like a, a yep. fun place to hang out. Right. So well, see that's the other thing. I want to uh, find a way, depending on how I build the bed. Um, what I could also do, what I've seen is some people do, is is you have a you have a couch going down the one side. So say on the driver's side, you have a couch that goes almost the whole length of the van. Maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't go the whole length because you have a cabinet, or that's also where some people might have a table with a sink and a stove. Depending, so it doesn't turn into something else. It's, that's it's just a long bench. That's the uh, yeah, sitting space. But, but yeah, but then at night, what you can do is you can fold it down into a couch. I've seen some builds like this mm. where they do that. So you get kind of a. And you're you going to be building all of this stuff. I'm going to try to. Yeah. I'm ex. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna try to, um, but that's why I'm not I think doubting. At first, you just let you know. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just curious because um, I, I don't think I could do it. It's gonna <laughs> I mean, take I time could, and I patience, guess. but I think you could. If I might I even really have tried. you come over here and help. We'll, we'll I, see. I would, I'll, I'll help. I'll offer you pizza and beer. I don't know if I want to get involved else. with saws and stuff. You know, I'm not interested in losing a limb. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Thankfully, though, my dad has a lot of that equipment. So, like, good saws, good mm. equipment. Um, so, so that that will be good. Um, but, yeah, dude, I'm excited. But, anyways, that one instrument, though, I've been thinking about getting to bring in the jam van is uh, a ukulele bass. So, these sound a like a bass, bass. But it's the size of, like, a big – well, it's really – it's bigger than a normal ukulele. Why a ukulele bass? Because if I brought a regular bass with me, they're they're much bigger and longer than a guitar. Oh, a ukulele bass just looks like oh, a u- it's not actually a ukulele. Well, it Oh, it I isn't, see. It isn't. I see. I see. I see. A ukulele bass. Mhm. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I see it now. Sorry, the picture I was looking at the scale threw me off. It is like a u- ukulele. <laughs> yeah, so, so weird. So they're pretty small. So you're. You can, so you you definitely need a bass. You can't you can't travel I would without like a bass. One. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna have a guitar. Also, I'm gonna bring uh, my what? old. I'm gonna put my old Focusrite in there probably as well. Mm. And just keep that one in there. So I will have a little little studio in there. So this is okay. 
What are you going to? I mean, you asked you asked about my leisure time. I mean, what better I thing understand. to do? I understand. You know? I, I misunderstood at first. You you want to use it as like a you want to make music on the road. At first, I'm like, what are you are you going to like just in case you're getting a band together of road dogs? Hey, and someone's maybe. Like I play the bass, but I didn't bring Ma with me. <laughs> right. Exactly. And you're like, I got one right here for you, buddy. Here's or, my ukulele bass. Or maybe I go somewhere and there's already two or three guitar players. Mm. It's like, well, I got my bass right here. <laughs> That's the further the further dude, south if you I drive, come back, you know the worst. Yeah, if you come back in like two years and you start talking like that, that would be amazing. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, the other thing though that I've been thinking about is um, to get a fridge or just do a cooler because I've seen both. I've seen some. I've seen a lot of the minimalist van lifers mm. generally will just have a cooler, and with a cooler, they say a lot of them. Um, if you have your van properly insulated and everything, the ice in their coolers will usually last anywhere from four to six days, which is I'll, pretty good. I'll say this. I got a brand new Igloo cooler, as you know. Um, I'm, did you know that? I don't know why. I, I, do, I do know okay. that. Yeah, I remember we talked about <laughs> it. I used it once when I went on my, my trip to the middle of nowhere in Lisbon, Ohio, and I was kind of disappointed with uh, the how long... how. L- l- not long. I was trying to think of the okay. right way to how sh- how quickly the ice melted. I should say, I probably had like a good, maybe like a good day of solid ice. Really, okay. really, what what it had to be used for was like a transporter uh, to the fridge that the that the that the camper had. But right. then, uh, and then I used it just to keep drinks and stuff cold. But like the crucial food stuff, I had mm-hmm. to make sure it was in a proper fridge by day two, essentially. Okay. Yeah. But so maybe, maybe maybe I will need to get a fridge. But maybe I didn't properly. Maybe I didn't properly because you have to like prep it. So like the bef- before you use it, you have to like put ice in it for for a, a, in like a day or whatever. And mm-hmm. then take that ice out and put new ice in, and then close it. So oh, maybe I just didn't do it right. Who knows? Okay. Uh, but a fridge seems like a big, like a like a bigger commitment for sure. Right. Well, when when you have the fridge in there, that's when you have the electronics. You, right. You, you need, need a power inverter. Sword. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And see, that's the other tricky thing, and that's the other decision I need to make as well. So the 140 Econo line I sent you that I'm going to take a look at tomorrow. That one has a flat roof because it's a normal cargo van, whereas these high top that have the fiberglass roof or ceiling, those are more curved. So it makes it harder to put on solar panels, and mm. it makes it harder to... Uh, the other thing that most camper vans have is you cut uh, <clears throat> a hole in the top and you put a fan in there uh, with a rain guard. And so um, with if you have a high top, when it has that more curve, it's a little bit harder, I guess, to put a fan in there and to mount solar panels onto your roof. Solar panels. Mm-hmm. So the solar panels, is th- that that is used to power the accessories when the car's not on? Yep. Yep. Okay. And a lot of these vans. And uh, with a lot of them, if How you How reliable spend- is so- solar panels? Like, we're in Michigan right now. It's gray as hell. Now, I'm sure there is sun that could a solar right. panel could still get from a day like today. Right. But it's it's not like a very sunny day. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that works here uh, in in Michigan. But the thing is, most of them you can buy them, and they come with they come with uh, like the, uh, this thing that measures how many amps you're getting. But you'd um, also need how charged if you mm-hmm. have solar panels. You also need a battery of some sort. Yep. Yeah, you, I mean, I was like planning on buying them all together. It's not just like solar panel to car. You have to, no, it, no, no. It's You need a battery <clears throat> to hold the power. Yeah. 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 I think that's yeah. the way to go. I mm-hmm. think you could buy <clears throat> excuse me, a battery pretty easily 
and and use yep. and and yeah. Wow, this is very exciting. It'll be fun, so dude. You're I'm only, excited. Your only sort of leisure consideration is the music. No the, sort well, of speaker system. The music, no TVs. Well, the, a lot of the leisure I'm hoping to do will be outside of the van. To be honest with right, you, right? The I mean, van's just hiking. getting you to the places. Right, hiking, seeing stuff. Uh, you know, there's a lot of places in Michigan I want to go see in the UP, for example. Mm-hmm. Another thing I want to get though is I do want to get upgraded all-terrain tires on it not that i'm going to be going crazy off-roading or anything but a lot of these vehicles are rear wheel drive that i've been looking at and a sure. lot of the forums i've been reading they say if you have rear wheel drive just make sure you have really really good tires i mean yeah for sure a hundred percent i mean it's just Actually, that's the same thing with for every you. car in the world though that no one right. pays attention to is that tires is the main Sure. Is, is the most important factor as far as traction and stuff right. not like and they're not drive that for- expensive usually right I mean, even you could get good tires, and they shouldn't be crazy expensive. <clears throat> no, and tire tires are a wear I, wear item on a car. So if you're buying mm-hmm. a car in general, that's something you need to be factoring into the purchase, you know, right. of a car. Exactly. No, it wouldn't be. It would probably be like I don't know, four or five hundred bucks. Quick question for you: Is it expensive to convert a vehicle from like rear wheel drive to four wheel drive? Yeah, it is. How how much? Um, I mean, it will. Uh, <sighs> It's, it's. I mean, the question's not that simple, you know. First of all, it has to be a car that you know. It would be a lot. It's a lot easier in a car that comes as you know, as all-wheel drive and four, uh, and excuse me, as four-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive, which I imagine like a Conoline van does. So maybe that makes it a little bit easier. Um, I, I don't actually. Maybe it's not that expensive, you know. Not. <laughs> it seems actually like it would be kind of simple. On something like an Econoline van. Well, I had been looking online a little bit because some people had done that with theirs. But a lot of these people who have done it, they have turned these 40 Econolines into these off-roading machines. I mean, they're right. awesome. A lot of them, they cut the roof off the top and they build a pop-up uh, that will go there, which is really cool. You just want... <clears throat> I mean, you could easily... Yeah, you don't have to go full like overland, which is what that is. Right. You right. could easily... Yeah. Oh, geez. Sorry. I'm looking at my other computer, so I can't show mm-hmm. you this, but I just looked at a company that converts econo lines, mm-hmm. and these things are dope. <laughs> oh, I'll bet. They look How like... How much do they cost? Are they for sale? Um, or- let's see. I'm sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure they sell them. I feel yeah. like that might be a good business to be in because a lot of people I've seen a lot of them out out west. I saw a lot um, in, in oh yeah, Arizona, it's, it's, it's super popular Nevada. on on the west coast. It's also super popular like um, like a uh, what, what what am I Seattle, Portland, the right. Pacific Northwest. I'm trying to okay so okay so kits are like here are four by four conversion kits mm-hmm. and <clears throat> what the engine is for a four point six. Oh, they don't have one for a four point six though, which is what the one you were looking at is. But the cheapest conversion kit is six grand, five. Whoo, okay. And that's just the pieces, you know. Right. Like that's you still not have to the labor. It. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe that's not what I should be thinking. But you about, don't but need that. You really right. don't need that. I, yeah. Tires are a hundred percent. I'd say you're not you're not doing any legitimate off roading. Right. Or at least that's and, not your uh, initial... And I'm not con- planning on um, filling it with tons of stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm not planning on making it, you know, because you can build these out, but the more you build in them, the heavier they get. 
Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. Sure. Of course. So I'm trying to keep it minimalist, but I would I'm, like to get some features eventually, Jared, like some cool lighting, like some different colors that you can select. Yeah. And stuff sure. like that. That'd that be sweet. seems pretty easy to do. Yeah. You know, get some, you definitely have to have some mood lighting. Exactly. We might have to document this for the podcast once I actually get this van and get cracking on it. All right. I mean, that that means you have to take pictures, which is a that is true. Big, which is a <laughs> I, listen. That's, yeah. Don't hold your breath for any pictures. Is actually, all I'm saying to the people. Speaking of pictures, Jared, today uh, was one of the first days that I've actually used my phone for pictures in a long time. Wow. We had seven Damn. deer, uh, seven chilling in the back uh, in our backyard today. Wow. In the grass, hanging out. Seven. Actually, my mom said eight okay. uh, at one point, but I saw, got I saw seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really crazy to see them. Like, they kind of came That's out. That's what gets you to take a picture? Trees. What are you going to do with that picture? Uh, probably in like two <laughs> months, be like, oh, yeah, we had seven deer. That was crazy. The house. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. I'm not, I don't know. Maybe I'm a weird millennial that I'm not taking tons of pictures or selfies or anything like that. Uh, um, I don't either. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, Jared, I have a shout out today. Uh, All right. I'm excited to follow mind. you on this van life journey, by the way. It'll be cool. And I'm excited I'm, to I'm live excited. vicariously through you. I'm, I'm very excited already. I and will say this. I do have mine. a slight deadline that I want to get all my stuff done by. Uh, my my good buddy David will be getting married and he'll have his reception. Well, he's actually already gotten married. Shout out to uh, our good buddy David, who's been on the podcast a few times. Uh, but they're having a wedding celebration in the end of July. So I'll be driving down to Missouri. So uh, I need to get this thing at least in road trippable. I'm sure it will already be in road trippable condition by then. By July? Uh-huh. Yeah. Lo- oh, that's cool. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is yeah. this is like one of those uh YouTube build shows. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It'll be fun though. I'm really excited. Uh, I'm hope- hoping to learn a lot from the experience. I'm sure there'll be lots of swear words and some frustration along the way, but hey. Oh, yeah. That's what that's what makes For it kind of sure. fun, you know? For sure. Um all right, let me uh let me uh give this shout out. This is quite a crazy shout out here, Jared. Speaking of our episode topic today, the fittest and the fattest. Uh here we go. This is from uh Times uh Timesnownews.com. Uh, Superwoman who was filmed pushing a dairy truck up an icy hill rewarded a year's supply of free milk. Charlene, who works at a supermarket, was heading to some shops with her daughters, Rihanna uh, and Hunter, when she saw uh, Graham's lorry struggling to cross an icy road. Uh, a woman who went viral was dubbed Superwoman after being filmed pushing a dairy truck up an icy hill in the UK, has been rewarded for her selfless oh work. Gosh. Charlene Leslie, 33, was filmed earlier this week what pushing the a massive lorry up a snow-covered street in Cowdenbeth, Cowdenbeath, in Fife during a strong <laughs> blizzard. Her work has now been rewarded with a year's supply of free milk, according to Metro. It was, it was, it was a milk truck, that's what it was? Yeah, it was a, da- well, it was a dairy see. truck. Oh, I see. So, yeah, I'm assuming there was probably milk in there for sure. That uh, is ridiculous. I'm, I yep. see the video here. I, I, I almost don't even believe this. There's something going on here. It's pretty I, you crazy. Know you know what? Speaking of tires, I mm-hmm. almost guarantee... This is a marketing ploy by the company. <laughs> Maybe. Could I'm be. sure this this is this is just some Maybe she drinks their milk and that's how she got so strong, Jared. It's just some like modified version. Like they just have some like some sort of system on this truck where it has like the trailer wheels can can turn like it's like 16 wheel drive and right. it's got amazing tires and they're like, "Oh, we'll make it look like this woman uh is pushing pushing it up and it almost like a, you know, I hate to bring this up because obviously he's a 
terrible person but it's almost like a jared from subway situation mm-hmm. where it's like now we ha- now it's like i uh, i'm so strong dude thanks to grum's dairy that i can push a lorry up a hit up a slippery wet snow hill no problem and she's just no doing problem. it with one hand as she drinks the milk like right. the uh dairy old spice guy <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> dude, you should, that uh, was yes. really good. Yes, dude. Dairy Strong. Yeah, oh my God, that's hilarious. The British accent. That is hilarious. Here we go, I'm though. Dairy uh, Strong. Here we go. I'll, I'll try to read this with a British accent for you, Jerry. Is this her? Uh, she just looks like a normal person. She doesn't look like she's some sort of like... It's that dairy strength, man. She doesn't look like she's some sort of like bodybuilder or anything. Who knows? I, I got to give her, whoever made her shoes or boots, some credit as well for <laughs> her not slipping on that ice and losing traction. But here, let me that read this. Impressive. So chairman of Graham's The Family Dairy, Dr. Robert Graham Sr., said he couldn't believe what he saw in the clip and thanked Charlene for her help. Although she is a real-life superwoman, for health and safety reasons, we must advise others not to follow her actions. Yeah, that, that, as a that seems super thank dangerous. You, Charlene, uh, uh, Charlene and the... her family will receive our milk and high-protein <laughs> dairy products for free for the rest of the year. Uh, yeah, that said. does seem super dangerous. What if the trucks yep. st- like, started rolling backwards? Oh, for sure. Or what if she fell and injured herself? Could she sue the truck company? I don't know if yeah, there's that's probably, that's probably in England You know what? That's like probably are. 100% why... The company's recommending not you know, you right. don't do this because they're like listen because right. then you're gonna hurt yourself and we're gonna get in trouble for you right you, for your but dumb see ass. Their, their founder made a mistake what he this should is have not said, happening Chad this video is ridiculous what what he should She's have not said pushing a, a lorry up a snowy hill I'm telling off. you this is the I market think she is. <laughs> this is, did what, you see what? the video yeah it's crazy it it's nuts, she's just casually dude. walking she's <laughs> Maybe she just—it doesn't even look really, hard. She's so strong; it doesn't even look like she's trying, Jared. She's very strong, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's crazy. The the other thing though too, um, that guy he he missed a golden marketing opportunity. What he should have said was, "We don't advise anyone to do this, but we do advise you to drink uh, Graham's family <laughs> milk. It will make you strong, so you can push lorries if you need to." Yeah, that's why exactly, Chad. You're once again confirming why I think this is a marketing ploy because this is it's a perfect <laughs> marketing ploy. Oh, Almost great. too perfect of a marketing right? ploy. It's and listen, pretty crazy. I, I'm, I'm not mad at him if it is a marketing ploy. It's a pretty good one. This ego viral. Um it's like she's dairy strong. And um it's perfect. Uh and and, and, and hashtag dairy strong, I get it. Mm-hmm. But I can't believe that this woman is put. Can I, you not, can you pop this on our Twitter and put hashtag Dairy Strong? <laughs> sure, I, I, sure. I'm gonna have to find it. I didn't. I was. I found a news article. I'll find it though. Dairy Strong. That is a classic though. Anyways, shout out to to Charlene Leslie because that is just badass. Um, or or to the Graham's Milk Company for a great marketing ploy, one way or the other. Yeah, shout out uh, to the Graham's the Graham's Dairy Marketing Department. That's right. That's right. Well, Jared, I think you know what time it is. I do. Um, but chance. I realized my um, my uh, oh, my phone got connected to someone that turned on Bluetooth. Uh-oh. So that's why I was hitting drops. I was like, what the hell? That's dangerous uh, right there. There we go. It's the untranslatable owl, and you all know what that means. It's time for untranslatables, which are words, idioms, phrases, axioms that don't always translate on a one-to-one basis into english and we are your tried and true certified untranslatable professionals and i will get us started today jared with a german untranslatable 
Das Frust fressen. Some to eat, to put something in your mouth. Fr do you know what frost means? No, frost maybe. No, I don't do know. Do we have a word in English that uh, also has f r u s t? Frust. frust. I guess so, but what word would that be? Frust. I have no idea. Frustration. Mm -hmm. Oh, to e oh to eat your frustration. Uh, Is that like to calm down? Um. Yeah. Kinda. Relax. Uh. Or or or, or don't don't say, don't don't dwell on on this anger. I would call it emotional overeating. That Wait, is so the. What is the literal? Give me the actual proper literal. Frust, frustration, mm -hmm. fressen, which is to eat like an animal to devour. Okay. So okay. To so you're just okay. devouring out of ah. fe your feelings, right? You're, ah, yes. You're, you, you know, you're eating because you're either you're frustrated or it could just be you're emotionally, you know, disturbed or you have some issues and mm -hmm. so you're eating because of it. Yes. Eating is a coping mechanism, I would say. Ah, yes, yes, you of know. course. Um, I My first one is actually one that I would like you to help mm -hmm. me with. I saw this oh, yes. on okay. Twitter. And I thought this was a great untranslatable, okay. but uh, but um, she didn't really define it because she wasn't okay. doing this for our podcast. <laughs> How uh, dare she? How rude! So, um, and I do have the and, and someone actually replied to the tweet and gave because she said so. She, here, I'll just I'll just read the tweet and then I'll mm -hmm. actually no. Let me just give you the, let me give you the untranslatable. Then I'll then I'll okay. uh, I'll explain why I'm trying to figure out what this means. Ayan ma dantiti dojo ikuni, and that's Yoruba. Which is spoken okay. in, um, I believe, West Africa. Yeah, like mm -hmm. Nigeria, Benin, mm -hmm. other West African countries around there. Mm -hmm. And that literally means cockroaches are shiny until they die. Is that like all that glitters is not gold? I don't think so. No. But okay. I'll read you the tweet that, that made me wonder uh, okay. what this really meant. So it is political, just to be clear. I, sa I said... Um, Oh, so she she's quoting herself. This is Ray Sani. I said my, Mitch McConnell is gonna come out, uh, come out of this fine like he always does. My dad told me there's a Yoruba adage that applies. I think she means untranslatable. It was a typo. Cockroaches yep. are shiny until they die. Um, so I so essentially, you know, we're talking about a sort of a, a slimy politician, mm -hmm. always coming out Moscow, Mitch, sc scotch free. Scott, right. not scotch-free, scot-free. Right. So what happens when you're so slimy, Jared, you can just slime through everything. Yeah. So it's like so it's like cockroaches always always stay unscathed, essentially. Yep. So it's like if you're somehow oh, like... Oh, yeah, they're shiny until they die. That makes sense. Yeah, like you can't, yeah. you can't hurt them or, or penetrate right. them. And I've, they been always... saying, I've been saying stuff like that, you know, for a while now, especially regarding specific and certain politicians, mm -hmm. you, you they just, it seems like they aren't going to be held accountable, you know? Yeah. So the yeah. cockroaches are shiny till they die, Jared. I like that one. That's a good one. Let mm -hmm. me give you another German one, Jared. I've been enjoying testing out your German lately. Yeah, I hate uh, it. Although my German's um, getting lazy. I mean, see, I, don't, that's I don't use you know, it anymore. Some, somebody's got to whip your German back into shape, I don't go shape, to, the, to the German... Uh, coffee right. chats anymore every time i just one tear afterwards rolls down I you just, know i just i just get the so fun. i get it's it, I, I don't i just get i don't know if it's nervous it's just like you know what we were talking about last week uh what were we talking no i don't i shit you not we were talking about cowboy hats and cowboy boots 
It was okay. a good time. It was fun. <laughs> it was a fun conversation. All right. Which then led to talking about fashion, different cultures, and everything else. Anyways, let me give you another German well, one. Well, last time I was there, mm-hmm. it turned into uh, this whole argument about oh, why that was funny. voting is stupid. And I'm like, why are right. we even having this argument with someone that can't even vote? Right. <laughs> I think two people that can't vote. But yeah, either no, way. It was, no, um, no, it was just one. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, let me get you this next untranslatable, Jared. It is German, and it is Kummerspeck. Oh, I've heard this before. Mm-hmm. Kummer. Oh, man, I don't remember that word. Speck is bacon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kummer. I don't want to. I don't know. I don't know. what it. I don't remember. Uh, Kummer. Uh, sorrow or grief. Oh, bacon. okay. Mm-hmm. What what's with all these depressing? Uh, are you are you trying are you get, trying to give me some sort of sign here? What's with all these super depressing? Untranslatables? Well, I was this one had speck and food, and uh, when I think of food, I think of fittest or fattest. Oh, I see, I see. That's I where see. these are coming. I from. I gotcha. Yep. <laughs> so, what is kumashpek, Jared? What is grief bacon, or sorrow bacon? Sorrow bacon. Is that just someone that's sulking? Eat. Some, I'm eating. Oh, why are you eating that sou- that sorrow bacon? Was that mm-hmm. maybe what you're saying? Oh, I'm just eating sour bacon. Well, someone, here this is, is a, a this is a, a headline. Here's an example from a headline from the Hamburger Abendblatt, which is like a Hamburg, I think, newspaper. Kummerspeck nach eher aus. Heidi Klum hat zugenommen. Okay. Okay. So grief bacon after like the the. Marriage breakup. Heidi Klum has put on weight. Is the headline? Oh, oh, so it's oh, so it's like the weight you put on uh, when you uh, when you're sad, sad weight. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically sad weight. Yeah, that those couple extra pounds you put on when you're when you're sad. That grief bacon. If you yeah. go through a bad breakup or, or you know who knows what happens to a lot of people. You know, I a think lot I of go people, the other that's way. Why they gain weight. I think I, I I think I go the other way, not not overeating, but undereating is is the way. Yeah, I go. me too, actually. But I think it depends depends on the situation. But obviously, I fully understand the impu- like the the overeating impulse. I'm not right. That that makes perfect sense to me right. as well. You have any more untranslatables for me today? I do. Um, this my next one is uh, Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Um, it's empurar com a barriga, which means uh, to push something with your belly. Is that to be just a nice way to say you're fat? You're overweight? <laughs> uh, no, no. But maybe if you are overweight. Um, is that to be comfortable? No, no. It mean, so um, um, you, uh, people, people, it's uh, pu- pushing something with your belly is a prob- common issue for students. Just constantly pushing stuff with their belly. Is it uh, is it to not do work, to be lazy, procrastinate? Kind of, there you go. There you go. Okay. Help me figure this one out, though, because I, I was trying not to give you an example, but I'm like, I don't think I fully understand. Well, if you think about it, if you push something with your belly, you can't really push it very far. So mm. it's kind of like it's kind of uh, like you're so kicking you're a can down pu- the street. Yeah. Okay. I, that makes mm-hmm. sense. You're just kind of yeah. slightly moving something out of your way. Right. But it's still yeah, in your exactly. way. <laughs> exactly. 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 I gotcha. Okay. Let okay. me give you. Uh, let me give you a check one to change things up. I haven't done a check one in a long time. Yeah. Um, I thought you did them to, all. Uh, right. Right. <laughs> no kidding. I thought so too. Uh, all right. Here we go. Dvakrat. Dvakrat mer jedno rez. Rez, which means measure twice, cut just once. 
Oh, yeah, okay. We, we say the same thing in the U.S., don't we? That's mm-hmm. like, um, like plan, it's like plan twice, a, like make sure you're well planned before you execute. Yeah. I think yeah, that's yeah. Um, uh, uh, English untranslatable too. I think so too, yeah. Just reminding you or re- recommending you to uh, uh, take uh, an important and irreversible decision into consideration. So yeah, mm-hmm. just don't be, like even buying this van. I've, ha- I've been doing a lot of research, putting a lot of thought into it. Um, this hasn't been just like an overnight thing. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. All right. That's all I got. Okay. Let me give you two quick ones because I think they're related to our topic today and then we'll get into it. Um, so my next one uh, for you is, uh, we'll stick with Czech, dvoji uh, meter, which means uh, double measuring tape or double measure. Is that is this a mean way of saying someone is overweight? No, it's not. Oh, it's like, boy, you so fat. You, you need, I need two measuring tapes to uh, wrap around you. you know, That'd that be funny, like a but good, no. no. Or like, that seems like a good yo mama joke or something like that. Let me give you an example, Jared. Um, so some, some magazines, uh, you know, you might, see, uh, you might see Lizzo on a magazine, and there might be a lot of uh, things about body positivity. And then you might see Seth Rogen on another magazine. Oh. Um, Is that like a double standard? Yes, sir. Very mm. good. Very good. Mm, yeah. Yep. I was going to say Jonah Hill, but I think he's actually gotten pretty good shape lately, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I do think there is a slight... Seth um, Rogen's a I weird one, say. too, to be honest with right. you, because I don't think he's... He's in, not really he's that not, fat. I don't think he's in... Yeah. He's a little chubby. He's a little husky, I think, as we'd <laughs> say. Um, just got a little bit But no one looks at him and is like, oh, wow. He's, right. Uh, I, I don't know. Who, yeah, to... who would be a better one? Uh, Joey Diaz, maybe? Yeah, I was going to say Ralphie May. Yeah, uh, rest in peace, right? Yeah, he's, but that's he's why. Not with us yeah, anymore. but yeah, he, Enrique, that's, uh, our, uh, Gabriel Iglesias would be another yeah, one, right? Yeah, fluffy. he's cute and fluffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let me I, give you the last one here. <laughs> right, uh, last one I'll give you here, uh, and you should know this one, Jared. Uh, it's German. Alles in Butter. Oh yeah, I love that one. Mm-hmm. That was that was one I learned on, on, on when I lived in Germany, and uh, I mean it's everything's in butter. But mm-hmm. it means all like all's good, all all's good. Yep. Alice and yep. butter. I love that that one. It's it's a good one, but I think this this untranslatable Jared shows us the uh, mentality of some, uh, some you know what we think is good is something that's all in butter, right? It's mm. easy. You know, I feel like for for certain cultures. I think some cultures, they really kind of stress the, uh, you know, work hard. That's really good. And then other cultures, it's more like, you know, just, oh, it just everything's a butter. It's just easy peasy, you know? Uh, <laughs> Do you, so think, you, think, you think that sort of represents Germany's mentality, the alles and butter? Uh, no, not, oh, I wouldn't okay. say necessarily German, Germany's mentality, but just the mentality of, I think, uh, a lot of uh, heavier people out there, mm. you know? No, no, um, listen, hold on. I, mm-hmm. I don't want this to be... I'm okay. All right. All right. That's fine. I just don't want to. I'm just not interested in shitting on heavy people in this episode. Oh, well, there goes all my notes. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. (laughs) Um, Well, no, that's not the plan today, Jared. The plan now is to talk about some of the uh, fittest and fattest countries around the world. And uh, we can hopefully dive in and figure out why that might be. Mm -hmm. uh, Kind of on purpose, I actually haven't looked up a list Mm because I figured you would. Yep. Um, I I I I will start by saying this. You know, we're from America, and we get we always get that reputation. 
but I feel like it's I feel like it's sort of going away a little bit. I feel like that reputation. I mean, people still use it, but I don't know if it's. I, I feel like uh, maybe I'm wrong. Are we not? I feel like we're falling down on the list. Is what I'm saying. I I don't know about that to be honest with you. Okay. I couldn't tell you where we were five years ago and where our standing is now. But it's not looking now. good I now. <laughs> uh, I I'm not sure. I will oh. say this. I was actually pleasantly surprised. There are uh, actually less fat people in the U.S. than I thought there would be. Um, uh, the stats that I've been seeing, it seems like I've seen it through a couple different places. Um, around thirteen to fifteen percent of Americans are um, obese. Uh, what what no, is what is obese? What do they consider? Uh, I think it's uh, with a body mass index. Oh, what was it again? It's like a certain number. Um, one second here. Um, but yeah, the the interesting yeah so yeah BMI of twenty five to twenty nine point nine is considered overweight. A BMI of thirty and above is considered obese. Individuals who fall uh, who fall into the BMI body mass index range of twenty five to thirty four point nine. Uh, or have a waist size of over 40 inches for men and 35 inches for women are considered to be at an especially especially high risk for health problems. Um, yeah, I so hate there those, you go. though, because it's, I what? feel like it's it's so, like it does, I, like I hate just that, ge- like I feel like it's it's way too general of a, of a thing to say, you know, like there are so many other factors, other, I don't know. Anyway, what, what, what are some of the fittest and fattest countries? Uh, so, so actually, the one of the fittest countries, and this surprised me actually. This, this one, I'm not sure why it wasn't on my radar, but it just wasn't. All right, well, let, me, uh, let me guess. Let me guess. Mm-hmm. Um, is it in? Is it in? Uh, it's in. Is Japan? No. Korea? No. Okay. Uh, is it in South go America? F- go. Uh, well, now you need to go further east. Across an ocean. Okay. I'm across that ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, it, what so, continent like, is across the ocean from South America? I guess Africa. Uh huh. Okay. Fit. Uh, I'm say Kenya. Okay, not a bad guess. Uganda. Uganda. So here you go, Jared. Okay. This article is from BBC. Why Uganda is the world's fittest country? Uganda is the most physically active nation in the world, according to a recent report by the World Health Organization. The BBC's patient. Uh, uh, oh, BBC's patients at a hair went out, uh, went to find out why. Uh, Jennifer, oh, God, I'm going to butcher this last name here. Jennifer Namulembwa, I think I said that right, spends an hour and a half walking to work five days a week from Nabuongo uh, on the southeastern end of Uganda's capital, Kampala. She navigates her way past the railway line and crosses the treacherous eight lane stretch of the highway. Um, she skirts the plush Kololo Hill, finally getting to Kamwokya suburb by 9 a.m. At work, the 34-year-old spends two hours on her feet cleaning a three-floor building. The rest of her day is spent running errands for her boss, and just after 5 p.m., she traces back the same route to return home. I'm used to it, so I don't feel the distance, and I never wear nice shoes to work. I would also like to enjoy the good life sometimes riding a car or on a motorcycle, she chuckles, uh, showing her dusty feet in black sandals. Uh, her yeah, commute... It yeah. is funny that they make it seem like she's some sort of like fit, like, he, I don't want to say hero, but it's like, she's like, oh, I mean, I would, if I right. could, I would happily take a car just to be clear. <laughs> right, right. So here, so this is interesting. So, the, so there was a study on 
uh, tracking the physical activity around the world, Jared, and found that only 5.5 Ugandans had an insufficient level of activity. Now, I couldn't tell you, Jared, what the parameters are, mm. you know, how they measured what insufficient level of inactivity means. I couldn't tell you that. Um, but here are just some other countries. Maybe that, steps, uh, you know, or, right, or heart I'm not rate, sure. you know, average heart right. rate or something. I don't know. Right. It also depends on how this. much food you're eating, too. I'll say this. That that has been th- – I think that is – you know, we did recently did an episode about, quote, unquote, first world problems. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a big one is 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 like this this idea of staying in shape and, and, and how hard it is right. to, to stay in oh, shape. Oh, good point. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and how – just how sedimentary sediment, – is that the word sedimentary? Yeah, sedimentary. Yeah. How, how mm-hmm. sedimentary of a lifestyle I – like I'm not even talking about other people. I'm talking about me. Yeah, I can me live. Me too. And and, and and just be you know be and that be okay is 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 right. <laughs> is really a, a privilege because it's like this this woman she's not walking to work out of some sort of like oh yeah no I could yeah, take I, a, I could buy like a car it. right. uh, it's like well, this is what I have to do for to survive yeah. Yeah. and you know now because I do it walking ten miles doesn't even face me you know? right so but it's Jared like, what yeah. countries do you think are some of the most active and which countries do you think, excuse me, are some of the least active? Now, if I would, my, my guess goes to like these bicycle countries like, um, Netherlands. Um, they're in the middle. I'll tell you that they're in the middle. Maybe that will help you. Okay. Hmm. Most and least active. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, now I feel like I need to re I need to re, Reconsider. So first, let's do the most inactive. Most inactive? Yeah. So I feel like the, the United States active. has to be in, somewhere up up there. We are. Uh, we have. Yeah, we're we're pretty high up there. At about forty uh, percent of American adults are not getting sufficient activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are not the top. Believe it or not. Hmm. Uh, guess what country? I don't think you'll be able to actually guess the top country. Can you give me a, like a continent hint or something? In the Middle East. In the okay. Huh. Hmm. Oh, I do know the answer. I actually I do know the answer. What's the answer? I just re- <laughs> just remembered that I I think I know. I, I yeah I think I know what the answer is. What's the answer? Kuwait. Very good. Yeah, Kuwait is at sixty-seven percent. Uh, and then it looks like uh, so in comparison right here. Uh, uh, some of the countries with the most uh, sedentary lives are Kuwait, American Samoa, Saudi Arabia, and Iraq. I think I saw that. So I mm-hmm. think I saw that somewhere. Yep. But yeah, U.S. Believe it or not, Jared, this surprised me right here. In the U.S. It's about forty percent adults. Guess what country scored higher than the U.S. in mo- most inactive people? The highest in the Americas is actually Brazil at forty-seven percent, hmm. which is interesting because. When I think of Brazil, I don't think of at least heavy people or inactive people. Uh, but I think depending on your diet and your lifestyle, in theory, you could say, be inactive. They didn't say, mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't say heavy. Right. They said inactive. Right, which is different. Exactly. Um, okay, and some of the most active, Jared, um, are uh, Mozambique, Tanzania, Lesotho, Togo, uh, Lesotho and Togo, and also, uh, China is looking pretty good. Um, <laughs> let's see here. China is that is that the Czech Republic? No, Poland. Poland. Are also. you looking at just at a map? Yeah, I'm looking at a map right here. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's pretty interesting. Um, 
Yeah, interesting. I'm surprised mm-hmm. that's. I'm, I am surprised that. Um, like uh there's there's you know the, there's no sta- scandinavian countries that you're calling off or and i understand i mean now that i i hear the list of, of fittest or of you know most active and least active it actually makes a little more sense when you put it into a realistic context because like when i talk about these countries like um the u.s or netherlands where it's like uh, i i imagine a lot of the countries you you listed before it's not because mm-hmm. they they have like they they work out more you know it's because their their lifestyles don't lend them to having cars more right and so they don't you know they they don't have as much of a choice but i I didn't think about it in that sense i was like well you know i mean i mean i guess that's kind of this true in netherlands too i'm not saying everyone but you know it's 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 a different sort of it's it's just a different sort of necessity you know Mm -hmm. right yeah well i think that plays a big role in some of the um, more fitter and then the the heavier countries out there the fatter countries out there is mm-hmm. um, are, is it possible to ride bikes places you know i feel like there's yeah. a lot of places in the u.s where it's not really the safest you know the infrastructure is not designed for bikers i feel like i feel like i live i live close enough to my job where i could distance wise i could bike mm-hmm to and from work every day Would you feel safe biking to and from work see that's the that's the thing (laughs) there is there is an easy path to get to my job that involves um the freeway Mm -hmm. but then the path that would take that would avoid the freeway you know adds on a good amount of time there's not really an efficient way to get i don't know yeah it's not a great it's it's not it wouldn't be a, a it certainly wouldn't be a scenic bike ride that's for sure Right, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, our, our lots inf- of car exhaust on your way. <laughs> our, our infrastructure certainly isn't set up, and then and then the problem is in Philadelphia. I was certainly distance wise, um, uh, like you know, I, in, in bikeable distance wise. But I went, I had to drive through some. Now, what's the right area way to explain the areas I had to drive, drive through? The hood. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Where you would where you would openly see I, I I did I tell you the one time I saw someone openly uh, doing drugs walking down the street yeah, in the morning. Yeah, you told me that one time. Yeah, uh, yeah, and so and and you know you see people clearly you know posted up like selling drugs and stuff. So that also it's like yeah, theoretically I could ride my bike, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame with you. with my khakis and <laughs> right. I don't blame you one bit. That's for sure. <clears throat> that is for sure. Well, Jared, we've talked about some of the fittest countries. Now let's talk about some of the fattest. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder. I wonder, Jared, can you give me what would you guess would be like the top five countries with the uh, highest percentage of adult population that is obese? Uh. Once again, I don't love the scale of what is and isn't obese because this all, these are also like because I I want to say I imagine like um, is it like American Samoa is up there or like um, Polynesian is up there or some of the Polynesian uh, countries Mi- maybe Micronesia is up there yeah but the thing is Samoa is up there yeah that's why I don't like the the thing of just calling them obese though because like this like they're like you know this is like their the body their body type you know and it's like is it is it necessarily that they're just unhealthy or way more unhealthy because uh, this bmi says that they're obese or something what do you mean it's their their body type though i mean you're either fat or you're not fat Mm, okay all right 
I mean, or, or or am I wrong? I mean, I feel like I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know either. I feel like if you're fat, you're fat. I, I don't know. Maybe, but you can maybe. you can gain weight through muscle too, though. True, but only a certain amount unless you're on roids. Mm. Okay. And and yeah, but but technically those bodybuilder dudes. I mean, technically, if you base it off of weight and their, uh, if you ba- if you were to base it off of weight and usually their height. They would also technically be considered overweight and or obese. But if you look at the fat ratio, um, a lot of like if you're a legit bodybuilder, you know, a lot of them who are really shredded have lower than, you know, 10% body fat. But um, based off of the scale that you're saying right now, they would be classified as obese. I, th- I think. So that's kind of my point, though. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So may- maybe you are right. Maybe the maybe it's the scale. That's not- I, I, I say BMI is flawed. That's what I say. I, yeah, I think I think you're right about that um, because I think even technically, I mean, I'll be real. I could, uh, I think, I weighed myself. I was 188. I could yeah, definitely lose obese. eight to ten pounds. You're obese. Um, I'm. I think I am considered overweight, um, especially for my height. I think, but you know, they don't take into consideration these thunder thighs. <laughs> you know, so but those could only add so much weight. It's you're you're obese. That's what well, that's true. That's what you just said, at least. Right. Okay. So well, here. So. Globally, here, this is from infoplease.com. Uh, Faggest countries in the world. Now, this is from 2017, so uh, things c- could have changed. Globally, 39% of adults are overweight, and 13, oh, here was the 13%, and 13% are obese. According to the World Health Organization, once again, they're probably using the BMI, which uh, definitely is flawed. Here's a look at the countries with the highest percentage of overweight adults, people interesting. So here, they're considering overweight adults, people age 15 and over, which I find a little weird, but whatever. Uh, People are considered overweight if their body mass index, as we've talked about, which is flawed, is 25 or higher. Uh, or and obese with a BMI of 30 and higher. Uh, so number one is the Cook Islands, Jared, uh, according to this list from Info Please from 2017. Uh, and the percentage here is almost 80%, 79.4%, which is a lot. Yeah, uh, this Qatar. is another one of those mm-hmm. South Pacific mm-hmm. uh, country, or countries. Yep. I've never Next heard one of. is number two is Qatar with 70, almost 78%, 77.8%. Palau, Dude. where is Palau? Cook Islands are gorgeous. Palau. Palau. P-A-L-A-U. President Tommy Remengasau. That is also a... a, Oh, they use a U.S. dollar. That is also one of the uh, Pacific Islands. I do not know anything about the Pacific Islands. I don't either. Um, But that that but before I even looked it up, that would be my guess where it was at. So here these are so I imagine these ones right here, these are the Pacific Islands. Palau, Tuvalu, Marshall Islands. Why is that? Nauru, Federated States of Micronesia, Samoa, Ven. Vanuatu and Cook Islands. Where was the guy? Oh, remember Tonga? Remember there was that one Olympics where there was that Tongan sexy dude that mm-hmm. everyone was posting about on social media. That was the first time I heard uh, I learned about to- uh, Tonga. Right. So right here. So how has the Samoan diet changed over the past thirty years? Samoans used to and still do grow their own food. Their traditional diet consisted of most mostly taro. Breadfruit, coconut, bananas, and seafood. But more and more recently, on top of those foods, people started buying foods that were coming from the outside, and these foods tended to be lower quality foods. They're cheaper and more calorific. That's a fun word to say. Calorific. Calorific. 
uh, more calories. A large amount of frozen poultry started coming in from North America and U.S. industries. At the same time, imported vegetable oil, so you can fry these tasty frozen uh, chickens up, became more commonly and cheaply available. So there was this rise in the number of family-run establishments where you can buy some deep fried chicken. There you go, Jared. <laughs> and uh, cheap, really fatty cuts of frozen lamb started coming in from New Zealand. Other fatty offcuts uh, like turkey tails also floated in. It was more meat than Samoans were used to consuming. Uh, we hear about the same sort of thing happening in countries like India and Brazil, where economic changes and global trade have brought in unhealthy food, which is a very important point, I think, for a lot of this, Jared, is the unhealthy food. Um, and I'm not trying to say that either of us are uh, licensed dietitians or, or have the most perfect diets, but I think uh, a lot of the... Uh, the issues with obesity around the world comes from all the processed foods, all the fast foods. The problem is a lot of these unhealthy foods, they taste great. You mm -hmm. know, that's a big issue. And they're, and they're cheap too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But you're right. A lot of these are uh, islands in the, uh, uh, the um, what, what do you call it again? Micropolynesia? American uh, Polynesian Island? Oh, no. No. Um uh, what, what do you call them? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I call them the, I call them the like Asian Pacific Islands. Mm -hmm. I think, I think, but I, I don't know what they're supposed to be called. To be honest with you, I mean right. it's Oceania. It's all right. Oceania. So you know whenever, what's interesting though, whenever Jared? we we hear Oceania, we all just think uh, Australia, New Zealand, and then we move on with our lives. Right. But There's it's also all these all these islands. Mm -hmm. It'd be cool to check out those islands, dude. Uh, I mean, fun. if you just type them in on. on on Google and uh, look up just, you know, the images. Every one of them looks like a postcard. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. That that does not surprise me. Uh, the interesting thing, though, Jared, is also just like media perception of obesity and everything. When I think of obese people or heavy people, the interesting thing is these islands aren't actually the first thing that generally comes to my mind. Um, although, yes, I know a lot of like – um, you know, there have been like uh, characters and movies and different stuff where they're definitely bigger, uh, especially, I mean, we, I think the stereotype for a lot of Samoan people is they're known to be very tall and big. Mm -hmm. um, but when I think of fat people, I tend to think of myself, Jared, uh, Americans uh, from the United States, uh, British people as well. Um, <laughs> and so also some Germans. Uh, I think Germany is definitely one of the heavier European countries. Mm. They I'm do have a sure. heavy, like a heavier diet. You know, they like the fried foods mit and the Bratkartoffeln and beer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. But you love that uh, that cuisine. Oh, that's some of my favorite. Simple yeah. and fried. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then I'm a happy guy. That's doesn't take too much, Jared. Uh, doesn't take too much. Yeah, I do find it interesting. There are a lot of these islands. Um, they they have, but I do wonder how much of it is flawed due to the way they're using BMI or not. You know, I, I I'm curious about that myself. And I think uh, there's also, I, like it's genetics as well. You know, mm -hmm. like it's like oh definitely. I think people are also, you know, based off of where they're from, they're sort of, uh, you know, inclined to certain various different biological aspects that was too much science talk i got that was scared a lot of science through. talk right there but um yeah i mean yeah it's it's i don't think it's as simple as just like um oh americans have the greatest collection of fast food restaurants <laughs> therefore um you know we should be you know and we're just like you know we're just 
uh, privileged and constantly unaware, but we should be the fat. I, I don't know. I, th- I don't think it's that simple, you know? Right. Well, I think some of it also comes down to um, obviously diet and physical activity, but also socioeconomic status. Yeah. I feel like if you look at a lot of really wealthy people, it seems like a lot of really rich people aren't obese. You know, I mean, if mm-hmm. you look at Bill Gates, look at Elon Musk, look at Jeff Bezos. I mean, that's, look at- that's yeah, I hear what you're saying. That's a super generalization. There are a lot of super rich people you do not know. <laughs> that's true. And probably some of them are pretty fat. You're right. You're right. But I do think, but in as general, we've mentioned, people, yeah, in general, in, um, especially in the United States, to have like a, a very healthy, balanced diet, it can be pricier. Mm-hmm. than and just and also just time you know time wise you know people with more money tend to have you know more time to do things and it's just like a, or at least more resources to have people do it for right. them and right. so it's just like um it's it's the, our system i'm not gonna say it's set up but it, it's the way it's set up i guess i will say it's set up, the way it's set up it's like <laughs> the, the 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 easiest the, the most attainable food and is not the is not the healthiest you know Right. Well, and if you just think of how much processed food, how much sugar is in a lot of stuff. Also, drinks. I feel like people don't realize how many calories a lot of like drinks have, like soda yeah. or pop, uh, juice, all that stuff has a lot I of sugar. I have a coworker at an old job. He, he was like the boss, and that's not really a coworker. And so he had an office and like a, a, a cupboard in his office. And at, at, at all times, it had at least at least like one or two 12 packs of uh of coca-cola diet coke Mm -hmm. and that like and he and it was just like an all-day thing like a you know like a morning kind of like instead of Mm -hmm. a morning coffee he'd have his um, morning diet coke yeah then like at lunch and it just you know every time and it it would just can i ask was this boss heavier or overweight no i mean he was he was a little soft but no the the thing was he was like uh like his he was very red you know like his skin Mm. would did not look great i'll say that because it seems like what I've seen, a lot of people who order a Diet Coke oh. tend to not always be the the thinnest. Some people claim it tastes better too, but I, oh yeah, right. that that is the uh, that is the stereotype. It's kind of the stereotype is right? that you go yeah. Th- there's I think about six thousand comedians have done the joke where it's like they go Probably. to fast food restaurant and get a, <laughs> right. a, a like a, the large fry Two and a Big, Big Mac and a large yeah. fry and a, and Diet, a Diet Coke. Coke yeah. I think Chris Farley might have been the one that first started that. I could be wrong about that, but um, maybe or, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's certainly a um, lot of people have have you know made that comment. So right, I don't know exactly. Uh, the other interesting thing too is uh, just this idea of um, like the 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 way different cultures view food and how to eat it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in the U.S. we are not the type of culture where it's like you sit down and you enjoy your meal. You know, for us, it's See, like I we think, want it cheap, fast, and easy, uh, and convenient. It's interesting that you say that because I'm from the South, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like food is a ve- like is a very crucial part of the culture, you know. Okay. And uh, maybe it's just um, maybe it's just because I'm all often dealing with my grandparents, but I feel like people are all, always wondering: Have you eaten? Are you hungry? What did you eat? I feel like uh, th- what you have eaten and who made it is a large topic of conversation, at least in my family. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's... If that's I, but I feel like it's a Southern thing. Okay. And, um, Could be. 
and so I, but, 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 and, and so I, I feel like, the, but maybe that's just pockets of, of the world where like people that really care about their cuisine are, are obsessed, are obsessed with it, but maybe overall you're right. Right. Yeah. But it, it seems like really the two main factors, I think for determining which countries are fit or fat really boil down to two things, Jared, diet and activity. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel like it's worth saying again, and it's it's just interesting that I think sometimes a lot of people, they look for fancy diets or, or fancy workout plans or what have you. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, it's not really that complicated, you know? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not, but no one wants to, yeah, but, you know, but it's no doing the work, to, and that's yeah. the hard part, you know? It's, it's just uh, sticking to a schedule and a diet and... But I think it's also important to give yourself a little flexibility so you can enjoy I, life too. I honestly think it's I honestly think it's way more diet than it is exercise. I think I think diet I th- I think exercise is good for, I, I it's cr- is important. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's not important, but I'm saying as far as like this just straight up, you know, uh losing weight or whatnot, I think I I I think you could forego exercise and and exclusively focus on diet and successfully and, and not just like some some sort of diet but like what you eat you know what i mean and how right. much you eat and 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 do that without the exercise i'm not saying you. i, I agree with I'm you i'm not saying I exercise think, isn't useful obviously right. but, i agree with you i think diet if people did their diet right i think you could do very minimal exercise and still be in okay shape now, obviously, oh, you're not oh, going to be I don't even ripped. mean about being, oh, okay, I get what you're saying. I don't even mean about being, like, shape or not. Because I, I actually, I think there is, I think, yeah, shape, but shape is so hard, though, because you have to do some sort of physical activity, I'd say, to be in shape. I was just saying whether you're, quote, unquote, fat or not. Right, right. But, I, but shape, I would say, is different. I, I'd say That's whether fair. you're, That's like, fair. I, I don't, I because I, I think you can also be overweight, but then, but but be in some in better shape than someone that's not. You know, you can be overweight and still exercise more than people that are quote you know skinny and don't exercise True. and be True. in better shape. You know, yeah. probably outrun you know someone that's looks like they're in better shape than you. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I I would say the key with uh, diet and exercise with both of them. Not that I'm perfect for either of them, but. Uh, I think the key with both of these, Jared, is uh, consistency, but also I think in different cultures, they just view these things differently. Like, for example, uh, I remember one of the first kind of, I don't think I would call it really culture shock, but one of the first things that I just kind of, when I saw in China, I was just like, hmm, that's interesting, was when I was walking home at night after I'd gone to the grocery store, um, and as I was walking back to my apartment, I heard this old kind of old school Chinese music. I look outside and there's all these old uh, IEs or grandmas uh, dancing together. They're doing this coordinated. It wasn't my tried and true pointing move. So I was a little (laughs) disappointed about that. So is it even uh, dancing if there's no pointing happening? Well, it was kind of like it was it looked almost kind of like flowing. I don't want to say Tai Chi because I think Tai Chi is different. Mm -hmm. And from my knowledge of Tai Chi, I don't think like there's like music involved or dance moves with it. I could be wrong about that. But Anyways, but these, it was funny because the woman up front was kind of the leader. Like she was showing them the dance moves and they were doing them with her. Uh, Almost but, like a Zumba class, but yeah. It's, I but mean, that's the, basically like what it was with, with different music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. And, uh, and when I saw that though, I was just like, okay, so this is just like a publicly accepted thing mm-hmm. and people are cool with it. 
Whereas, like, can you imagine if people did that in America? I feel like people would be like, what are you old ladies doing? You know, it's so funny that you say that mm-hmm. because I think, I don't, know, I don't know if they have this in other places, but I think we have something that I would say is way more cringy than that, and that's the CrossFit people that always are doing workouts on the sidewalk or they mm. have the CrossFit gym. You never lived in like a big city, have you? I don't know if you've seen this before. Not in America, yeah. But like uh, like in, at least in Philadelphia, I saw it all the time where it's like these cars, right. they'd open up like the garage style door and they'd be oh, like, yep. you know, running down the, st- down the street. It was like, right. you're in a city. Doing their <laughs> kipping pull-ups eight times. Yeah, like just doing those crazy <laughs> kipping pull-ups. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, so they'd have those exactly. ropes, you know. Yeah, <sighs> just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Doing the kipping pull-ups too, while they're just like flopping like a fish. Or the oh uh, the tire, you know, where they flip tire flip those giant yep. uh, tractor yep. tires. Yep. Um, I, to, to me, that I, the idea of doing like some sort of dance Zumba e class outside mm-hmm. is not that shocking to me, you know. Like I've seen I've seen yoga classes outside before, right? Um, so I feel like the idea of seeing like a dance workout class outside would not be w- weird to me. That's true. You're right. I feel like the thing about CrossFit that makes it a little cringy as well is it's like. I feel like the the environment that comes with it, it's just like, okay, so your goal is to become the best at working out? Like, yeah. okay, calm down a little bit, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you know? blast and limp biscuit or whatever right. it is they listen to. Right. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I understand when you lift the idea of like training to failure, meaning you just can't do any more repetitions, mm-hmm. right? But like CrossFit just takes it to a whole nother level. Um, and yeah. and Jumping for me onto... at least, when, when ahead, I want to... Yeah. When I want to lift weights, uh-huh. my goal is not to see how many times I can lift that weight in one minute. Yeah. You know, well, my weak. goal is really what? You're weak. That's why. Oh, th- thanks, Jared. <laughs> thanks. Uh, you know, my, my goal is to improve my strength and, mm. and, you know, go with that and a specific number of repetitions. Now, I don't um, know if this is true, but they, but I, I did, I, I have heard that the, the, a problem with CrossFit also is that because of that high speed sort of mentality, mm-hmm. a lot Ballistic of form is, movements, as a they lot say. of form is sacrificed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you end up doing yeah. you know da- more damage. When you can than injure good yourself, sometimes. you can. I mean, but the but the other thing is with CrossFit, I think generally those types of events where they're doing those very fast movements. I don't think they're lifting weights that are crazy heavy. I could be wrong about right. that. I could be very wrong about that. It's more like that. the I don't speed workout competition things. Yeah. Right. I got right. you. Like a- but even like like one of the exercises they do, uh, a lot of times they do a lot of Olympic lifts with CrossFit, and one of those is called a snatch, where you basically you bring the bar up from the ground and pull it mm-hmm. you know, above your head. Well, if you do that enough times, you can really mess up your shoulder joints if you mm-hmm. are doing them incorrectly. I don't know how good the training is in terms of teaching people how to use the right form. I don't know. Faster, I've never been involved. Faster, right? you P That's word. just the key. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah. Um, okay. Let's go through this, though. So these are uh, five things from CNN, Jared, that uh, contribute to the gl- global rates of obesity. So number one is activity inequality. Uh, so a study published in the Journal of Nature uh, used smartphones. Uh, see, they're, they're already tracking us anyways, mm. Jared. Using data from wow, smartphones wow. to analyze the number of steps taken on average day uh, among people from 11 different countries. Uh, so there, so so the first one is uh, activity inequality. Number two is perceptions of exercise. So maybe we shouldn't have been putting down our CrossFit brothers and sisters, Jared, but the <laughs> perceptions of exercise. So while physical activity is said to be aiding in the growing rate 
uh, or sorry, while physical inactivity is said to be aiding the growing rate of obesity worldwide. For example, as urbanization leads to more uh, sedentary lives, experts point out that in some populations, exercise simply isn't a priority, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. If you don't prioritize it, you don't do it. You know. Oh, and that leads to number three, actually. Poor prioritization of exercise. In China, however, and other parts of East Asia, an extensive focus on academic achievement can often mean physical education is left behind. Students are under tremendous, uh, tremendous pressure for academic achievement. Now, physical education classes are often used for academic studies. Um, interesting. I was not aware of that. I will say this, though. I came across something really fascinating, Jared. I forget who it was, but it was the basically kind of like the Ministry of Physical Education in China. Uh, someone said in their ministry, they were basically saying, our boys are too soft and nerdy, and we need to toughen them up with PE classes. When I read that, I was just like, oh, my God, that is, that's hilarious. They got like David Goggins in as their... Right, uh... right. exactly, exactly. Um, or there's another really famous guy. Uh, his name's Pavel uh, Satsulin. He's been on the Joe Rogan experience. He, he worked with uh, the Russian Special Forces and I think the Marines. He has some good books about kettlebell training, Jared. Mm. Um, so check him out. Pavel's awesome. He has awesome. a great name, too. Um, yeah, Pavel Satsulin. But yeah, it's... But I will say this, though, Jared. I met a lot of students at my former university, a lot of guy students that... Uh, I would say we're definitely on the softer side of things. Like I, I remember one of the students that helped me out with things. Uh, he sent me a picture of the drying rack that uh, that he had to carry on his electric scooter. So granted, it's not like he had to carry this like walk. He had to put it by his handlebars and brace it there and, and drive his electric scooter to my apartment in China, then carry that to the elevator set it down in the elevator and then put it outside my door. And, and I, and I texted him and said, Oh my gosh, thank you. Uh, that looked really big. I hope it wasn't too heavy. Cause I had no idea, right? I just saw the picture of the box in front of my door and he responded with, Oh my gosh, it was so heavy. Um, I'm going to go, go back now and, and relax for a little bit. I'm kind of tired. Um, and then when I finally got home, I went to grab it to pull it inside and I picked it up like it was nothing. And I'm like, uh, what, what? And then when I put it together, it was all made out of aluminum. So it was really light. Mm. Um, and and this student was just uh, you know uh, paper Chad just, thin Chad skinny just telling twig. His tough guy stories. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's not even a tough guy thing though. It's like <laughs> if something weighs less than ten pounds, I feel like it's not that heavy. I understand, but but I can know. imagine it being a little cumbersome on a scooter. I guess. I guess. Yeah. The last. Can you guess, Jared? What the last thing for, or the uh, I guess the last two things here for uh, obesity. Uh, don't not, um, wage inequality. That's a very good guess, but no. Um, the last two are, uh, here, give me one more guess. You got two guesses. Give me one more. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, you can just tell me. Okay. I'm Uh, probably number four environment factors. Uh, so basically like the climate. So a lot of these countries in the middle East, they have higher obesity because it's so hot. Right? You just don't want to go outside and do stuff. You oh, want to sit okay. inside and do nothing gotcha. all day, right? Uh, so, yeah. So, another factor hindering exercise in many places is the outdoor environment in the Middle East. That means the temperature. Uh, and it's typical in a very hot... Uh, uh, or it's it's sorry it's typically very hot to do outdoor activities same is true in many developing regions near the equator and when combined with poor perception of exercise and lack of awareness of its importance for health the impact uh, is even more significant uh, in china the issue is pollution 
Pollution has become a burden to exercise outdoors. Uh, this is according to CNN. This is particularly problematic for children and the burgeoning childhood obesity epidemic. Um, so that there makes you go. Sense. Another one, obviously, too, is cold. Uh, so, you know, if you live in a, in a state or country where it's really cold all the time, uh, you might yeah. also not want to go out and do stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's what they call it. What do they call it? Oh, man. There's a term for... Blubber? No, there's a term for, like, winter, putting on, like, the winter weight. Okay. Um, I can't think of what it's called, though. Okay. Sorry. Your hibernation 15? <laughs> that's pretty good 15 i don't, I don't know that's the last good. Uh, the last reason for obesity jared why uh a lot of these countries are obese is the value uh, or or in value did you say there were two left like food. four ago no now that no this is the last one okay. this is the last one so the value of processed or unprocessed food uh so i can tell you like when i was living in china I ate a lot more vegetables with a lot of the dishes I had because it just came like that. A lot mm-hmm. of Chinese food there's you, usually it's a colorful plate, whereas like a lot of you know you can go to a Western restaurant or go to an American restaurant and you get your burger and fries and the only quote unquote vegetables you have are some pickles, a couple slices of tomato, and a slice of lettuce. You mm-hmm. know, so it's uh, not that you know. So that's another big thing, and also too. In China, at least, the price of a lot of fast, like American-style fast food, was kind of expensive, actually. Mm, sort of um, more of a luxury. Right. So it was cheaper. I could get pretty, fairly healthy Chinese food for pretty cheap when I was living mm. over there. And I was definitely the skinniest I've ever been while I was living in China, I'm pretty sure. I think I got down to 170 or 175. Wow. Very um, nice. So, so yeah. Uh, but that was also, I had to walk a mile to work and a mile home every day. So I was automatically walking two miles every day. Yeah, exactly. So that's a big help too, for sure. Big help, and I for also sure. kind of enjoyed it. You know, I'd pop on my my playlist or the untranslatable podcast, and uh, yeah, I would like enjoy that too. my walk home. You know, I would like that too. Yeah, here in the states, I feel like it's really hard to do that or imagine that. You know? I did that in Philly sometimes. The um, like if I was in Center City or something, I, I mm-hmm. would um, I would be like, you know what? It's I could catch a lift or whatever and get home in ten minutes. Or maybe twenty minutes, let's say, or I could walk and get home in forty-five minutes, and I was right. like, "I'll just walk. Who cares?" So I, I've certainly I used to do that a lot in Philadelphia. Right, um, I miss it though. Makes sense. I can't really so do it Jared, here. We've talked about you know the fittest and the fattest, Uganda being the clear numero uno, mm-hmm. um, and uh, some of the uh, the fattest have been uh, a lot of the uh, islands in the uh, in Oceania. Uh, but I think it's important that we do leave today's episode, Jared, before we get to the song of the pod, with some exercise guidelines. Uh, you can call this the untranslatable fitness guide if you want to. Okay. Um, I have uh, some guides. Uh, and this is uh, exercise guidelines for 19 to 64-year-olds. So if you're 65, I'm sorry. And if you're 18, I'm sorry as well. You're Nothing not we in our do. demographic. Exactly. Wait a year or uh, get in your time travel machine and go back a year. Uh, all right. So first things first, Jared. Uh, you should be having per week at least 150 minutes of moderate aerobic activity or 75 minutes of vigorous uh, aerobic activity every week. So at least 150 minutes. So that's not really too bad. Uh, Strength exercises two or more days a week that work all of the major muscles. So you want to do some uh, some pushing exercises, some pulling and exercises. Who's saying this? Who are you getting this from? Who am I supposed to be listening to right BBC now? BBC is some of this, and some of this is uh, some Chad knowledge as well. Okay, okay. So it's a mixture of BBC and me. Uh, all right. 
So another one is you want to uh, break up long periods of sitting with light activity. And I saw an interesting video the other day, Jared, on YouTube about this guy talking about, uh, and this is something you and I did in undergrad that I might start doing again, which is just doing push-ups throughout the day. Uh, there was a guy that said there are uh, actually some really good long-term benefits of just doing push-ups throughout the day, just to kind of sparse your day, get up a little bit, move around, get the blood flowing. Yeah. Um, I missed uh, <laughs> at work. I had a standing desk, and I was supposed to get one, and then the person that we were, I was going to get it from, uh, well, he disappeared. Uh-oh. Um, this is what happens when you try to buy things off Facebook Marketplace. That's but, um, fair. <laughs> you also disappeared off of Facebook, though. That's true. But it, Yeah, it wasn't through my Facebook. But um, Gotcha. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I miss I miss the standing desk just just because it would sort of cause me to move around and shift a little. Right. I don't know. It was just it was a nice change of pace. Well, when we were working in offices or when I was teaching, I was walking around a lot. You know, I'd walk around the classroom. Yeah, that's true. You know, it makes a big difference. Big big difference. You know, Jared, you're probably wondering though. Well, Chad, you're telling me these great ways to stay in shape. But, you know, you mentioned moderate aerobic activity. What is that? What in the world is that? Well, let me tell you, Jared. Let me tell you. So moderate aerobic activity is uh, would be uh, activities as the following. So walking fast, doing some water aerobics, riding a bike on level ground or with a few hills. So you can hop on your mountain bike, Jared, and go for a nice bike ride. Uh, doubles tennis. So not singles. That would be uh, more vigorous aerobic activity, in case you're wondering, Jared. Uh, interestingly enough, pushing a lawnmower. So don't feel guilty, Jared, once the snow melts and you go out to mow your lawn because you're getting some moderate aerobic activity. Hiking, skateboarding, rollerblading, uh, playing beach volleyball or basketball. So that would be considered moderate aerobic activity. And then vigorous aerobic activity would be jogging or running, swimming fast, riding a bike fast or on hills, singles tennis, football, rugby, skipping rope, uh, hockey, aerobics, gymnastics, martial arts, um, and I would also include um, like a high uh, hit, high intensity training as well. Um, and then uh, some uh, strength activities would be obviously uh, lifting weights, using resistance bands. Believe it or not, apparently heavy gardening, which I guess makes sense, Jared. You know, you're carrying a big pile of dirt somewhere, you know, uh, mm -hmm. so you're getting some exercise that way. Uh, apparently, digging and shoveling is another uh, good way to strengthen your muscles. And uh, this one might surprise some of you, but if you've ever done yoga, you know yoga can also strengthen your muscles. <coughs> so there you go, Jared. There's the untranslatable uh, tips for all you people out there hoping to either continue to stay in shape or to get into better shape. Yeah, that was great, Chad. <laughs> Thank so, you. So, Jared, you know what a big a big key though on staying fit is as well, Jared. I I, I no. What is what is it? Listening to some good music while you work out. Mm, some people say that's a crutch. Mm, why why is that a crutch, Jared? Because it 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 causes you not to properly focus, mm. and and uh and you're sort of distracting yourself. Okay. Yeah, so, I can see that. But I listen, see that. you need you need to make a transition happen, and you'll make a transition happen even if it's not That's there. Right. So I, you got to right. do what you got to do. <laughs> well, and I I personally listen to music every time I work out, but apparently I'm just using a crutch, Jared. So <laughs> That's what, I'm none not of my saying, workouts are. That's how I feel. I actually do too. I, I I need the distraction. I mean, it's I've, like uh, it's like back in the day. You know, did you really work out if you didn't post that you were working out on Facebook or Instagram? Exactly. 
You know, exactly. Well, let's get into our song of the pod, though, which I think is uh, definitely a funky, upbeat, cool song that would be, at least I would enjoy it on a on a playlist, especially like a skateboard playlist would be a good one. Uh, it's called Traveling on Rhythms. Um, and I believe the group is called it's like um, um, it's Bunda something. Um, let me pull it up here. Sorry, I don't remember which computer. This is what happens when you traveling on rhythms by. Um, I doesn't even say. I don't even know. Oh, by Big Bud Hunga nope, Bud and Hunga. his diplomatic music. Yep. 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 Exactly. Thank you, Bud Hunga and his dif- uh, uh, diplomatic music. And this was actually a group, uh, Jared. I believe from the seventies. Uh, that was popular in uh, Belgium, and they're mm. kind of like this interesting instrumental Belgian funk. Uh, what What are your thoughts on the tune for today? Traveling on rhythms. Yeah, it's 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 groovy. I hear the the funkiness. I like it. I it's, think my favorite part of this song is the. I love the horns. The horn mm-hmm. arrangements are just fantastic. Adds a whole nother level of like funkiness and energy and soulfulness. I like it. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 me too. Me too. It's a cool one. It's definitely a cool one. So if you're looking for uh, about three minutes of uh, funkiness, check this out <laughs> on our uh, YouTube Song of the Pod playlist, Traveling on Rhythms by Bud Hunga and his diplom- and, and his Diplomatic, I think, right? Um, but yeah, it's definitely awesome. Check it out. And they have a bunch of other really cool jazz tunes and, and funk tunes as well. So check those out as well. The entire catalog, I would say, from that's just a fun name to say, Bud Hunga. It uh, is. It it's, is. You know, I'm sure maybe it has some some meaning in. Uh, what, would that be Flemish over there in Belgium? Is that right? Uh, yeah. I mean, or French. I don't. I doubt right. it does though. Right. Budhunge. Is that how you'd say it with a yeah, French? Yeah. Maybe accent? it does. I guess I, it, it, Flemish is one of the languages that they right. speak there. <clears throat> maybe it is. I don't know. Right. Exactly. Anyways, check that out. Uh, it's definitely a good one. Uh, untranslatable podcast song on the pod playlist. Well, Jared, I think we've definitely covered some ground here. Uh, I will say I was surprised that a lot of the countries in Oceania were, uh, I, I figured, to be honest with you, and maybe this just goes to highlight my sadly low perception of uh, my fellow Americans, I figured we would be one of the fattest. But yeah, uh, depending no, on the list, that. we came in anywhere from 9 to 13, which still yeah. isn't great. Still not great, sure. <laughs> but at least at least for now we can't say we're we're number one in the world as Damn the most it. fattest. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> what a bummer! What a bummer. Well, Jared, I hope uh, I hope everyone out there has enjoyed today's episode, uh, talking about the fittest and fattest places. Uh, stay hydrated, as we say. Stay active, uh, and hopefully you will not be one of those people that is added as one of the um, the uh, fatter people out there. If that's uh, what you're trying to avoid. Anyways, we're not here to judge, uh, just here to uh, spread our untranslatables and have a good time. So, as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, Yekuyame, muchas gracias, shishe, and dosvidanya. I don't think I fat shamed anybody too bad in today's episode, did I? What? I said if you feel good about it, that's all that matters. I mean, yeah. I have, I, I have no problems with it. We're, we are just talking about what's out there. I don't think we were relaying any new or groundbreaking information. Yeah. <laughs>